on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the DFS Dose, your fix of DFS information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hopper, and as always, I am joined by the two Jays, Joey and Jared. And gentlemen, we are here again for week seven. And as always, we're going to go position by position and break down this entire DraftKings slate. Uh, we're dealing with the smallest slate of the season so far. We got 10 games on the main slate, so we will get into all of those, talk every position but before we do that joey would you mind telling the people how they can support the podcast you can support the dfs dose by following us on twitter at the dfs dose and then you can go ahead and follow us on instagram at the dfs dose same handle across everything and then you can go ahead and subscribe to us on itunes at the dfs dose if you're listening to it right now all right uh before we get into things what do you guys just think in general thoughts about this week seven slate? Uh, Jared, start with you. This might be the first week I get to play Thielen. Or the second week, but Ooh. the first time I'm going to play him is my one. Um, I don't think it's it's like that ugly. I think there's some value, but running back is looking bad. So, you know, this is definitely a week where you pay up for the top running backs, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I was playing around earlier. I made an initial sort of cash game build, what I thought my cash team might look like, and I literally had like 2000 to spend, and I didn't know what to do with it. And that's definitely the first time that's happened as far as just like an early week build. Usually the earlier in the week, the less value there is, but I'm just seeing a ton of value out there. So uh, let's get right into it. We can start with quarterback here. What are you guys thinking quarterback cash games? Who, who are your top plays? Um, Jared, do you want to take this away first? Uh, cash games. I mean, you always got to look at Jared Goff. He's just consistent. That San Fran defense is dreadful. So, 6.6K, and, and the Rams have the highest total on the slate with 52. Yeah, and I mean, if you look in the home and away splits, Jared Goff has been worse on the road. I mean, I'm not going to look that much into it because, I mean, he is playing San Francisco. And they're bad, as I mentioned. Or I would go right below him and pair Thielen, who I'm playing, with Kirk Cousins at 6,400. I'm looking to either pay up or go down there, um, Baker Mayfield at 58. So let's talk about it. I mean, I think Mayfield is probably going to be the most, you know, important decision you make at quarterback this week, especially in cash games, because he's at 5.8K and he has by far the best matchup on the board for quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, as we've seen over and over this year, the Bucks are just absolutely terrible. We've seen the first major firing in the NFL. Uh, they fired their defensive coordinator, Mike Smith. So um, I don't anticipate them to be able to cook anything new up on such short notice. So we've got Mayfield in a transitioning defensive scheme uh, in a great matchup. You know, the Bucks are allowing the most yards per game through the air, 366.8. And they're also the only team right now that's averaging over three touchdowns per game passing, uh, 3.2. So, so I mean, what are you guys doing with Mayfield? Jared, he's in cash game consideration for you. What about you, Joey? Uh, yeah, he's definitely in cash game consideration for me. Um, I think he has one of the best matchups on the board against a terrible uh, Tampa Bay defense you know maybe they play better now that they fired Mike Smith but I think they're just bad all around so that's definitely a spot that you should that you should target Mayfield but just on another note real quick uh we have to pick our giveaway winner so I'm gonna do that right now all right yeah you got it you got it set yeah, up yeah I have it ready so 
just to let the listeners know, myself, Ben, and Jared retweeted it. So if it picks us first, I'll just regenerate yeah. it. All right. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna do it right now. Ben, you're the winner. Yes. So, okay. All right. Let, let's yeah, let's so give someone I'm just else a shot it. here. Um, I mean, I will win. So the I'm term, picking but... a random retweet. Click. And mm-hmm. Chris Robinson is the winner. Chris Robinson. Chris Robinson on Twitter. Awesome. Sweet. So we will DM him after the show, and he will be invited to join us in a week seven four-man league, and the winner will take home the grand prize of $80. Uh, that'll obviously be no yeah. entry fee for Chris. So, you know, that's pretty cool. That was to celebrate our 100th follower, and, and we'll probably do this again, you know, maybe maybe every 100 or so. What do you guys think? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we could talk about it, but, you know, we'll definitely won't be the last one. So we want to get listeners involved, give them a chance to play for us without having to, you know, risk anything, but still win some money if if they manage to beat the three of us. Yeah, I just wanted to do that before we forgot about it. So, Chris, you will be playing us and, you know, maybe you'll win. But just to go back to uh, DFS talk, uh, Mayfield. So, yeah, he's definitely at the top of my list for cash uh the bucks are giving up 366 passing yards per game ranks last in the nfl it's just an all-around great matchup for mayfield and then his receivers as well the thing about mayfield to me though is like he hasn't scored over 22 points yet yeah in a game so so i mean for me i have a ton of interest in him in terms of gpps i think pairing him with njoku or you know looking at a bounce back spot for landry would both be good options in gpps but i mean if we're just talking quarterback cash games i mean you need to look no further than cam newton at 5.9 um i think cam newton is severely underpriced right here at 5.9 facing philly um i'm gonna be all in on cam this week and i mean just a little bit about cam so he's averaging nine attempts per game uh you're getting some some great rushing floor out of Cam this year. He's averaging four forty one point six yards per game on the ground, so that basically equates to an entire passing touchdown, um, just as like a floor for him. And if you include the touchdowns he's gotten, he's basically averaging seven point eight points per game just on the ground, and and that's not even including anything he's doing passing. So just in terms of a floor, Cam Newton might be the best you know pure play every single week he hasn't scored under 18 points yet and he's scored over you know 29 twice so cam has a ceiling he has a high floor due to his rushing and the matchup isn't bad uh the eagles have been surrendering a ton of yards uh through the air their corners have been a problem all year and if we look at last year uh as as anything that's predictive cam rushed for 11 times 71 yards and a touchdown against the Eagles in their matchup last year. So um, I love this game. I like Carson Wentz on the other side. I think this game has a potential to be a shootout, super high scoring, and I'll, I'll be playing Cam most likely in cash. Um, I just think he's in a great spot. You convinced me. It's enough said. He's, he's getting put in the lineup. You got yeah. You got to do it for cash games, and you can play him without pairing him. But I also think that, as we'll talk about a little bit later, I think Funchess is a good option to pair him with this week. And he has Olsen back, Christian McCaffrey. I think there's a lot to like on this Carolina side of the ball, especially at just fifty nine hundred. Is just a great price for him. He hasn't 
done anything under three xing that this entire year. So yeah, he's he's definitely in the best spot for cash. I feel like. Yeah, I'm probably fading that and playing Derek Anderson. Um, Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson. Okay, honestly, all jokes aside, let's talk about it because Derek Anderson. So. First of all, shout out to to our boy Sean McDermott, probably the most talked about coach on this mm-hmm. uh, on this podcast, if not just because we're like constantly trolling him for his horrible decision making and, and team building and, and everything. But they're actually sitting Nathan Peterman. They're putting him on the bench. Uh, you know, he's still in the NFL, so he hasn't you know taken our advice fully, but he is on the bench, so it's a step in the right direction. And they are putting Derek Anderson in the starting lineup 4.3 K on the road against the Colts. Um, you know, we saw Brock Osweiler tear it up around this price last week. I mean, is it so crazy that Derek Anderson wins the Millie maker? I think, <laughs> I think that he would be viable if the bills had talent at any skill position. They have no talent. <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin is a scrub. Okay. Uh, Zay Jones, eh, he's nothing special. And then LaShawn McCoy is a 30-year-old running back. Like, who's he going to throw the ball to you know, to be able to, you know, put up a Brock Osweiler-esque game, you know? Well, Anderson and Kelvin, they, they should have some chemistry, right? I mean, they yeah. were in Carolina at the same time. Probably He probably, <laughs> you know, spot started for Cam every now so and then, you know? Is that uh, Derek Anderson, Anderson and Kelvin Benjamin stack in the Millie Maker? crapshoot tournament i would say no but you know i honestly after last week with osweiler to to albert wilson i can't even speak anymore <laughs> about this I, you know probably it's probably Where the best the, play on the board what's the lowest you're going for a gpp probably sam darnold right he's played well he's played well uh, the last couple mm, weeks brock osweiler 4700 at home again against the lions nah another nah. smash spot for him he's gonna get taken care of for By sure who? But by uh, Matt Patricia, you know, he's had two weeks to prepare for this. If, if, if Patricia can't scheme up a solution to Brock Osweiler after a bye week and a full week of preparation, like, hey. you know, it, it's time to get fired on the spot, to be completely honest. Well, I don't think that's going to happen, but they could go in there with a scheme and Osweiler could just be like, yo, I'm throwing dots today to Albert Wilson. Stack them again. I mean, Slay's gonna get torn up. <clears throat> Damn, that's that's tough. I mean, I would I would be more inclined to play Mister Beat Hard right above him at forty eight hundred. Bethard. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so my man CJ has a home home matchup against the Rams. You would think that they have to pass to keep up with you know a Rams team that's clearly gonna be laying down the points. So. I mean, I would have some slight interest in that just because of the game environment. But, I mean, personally, I think Beat Hard has been running hot in his last two games, you know? I don't I don't think that he's as good as he has somewhat looked. He hasn't even looked that good. But he's just looked more competent, whereas last year he looked like a complete disaster. I think that he's more the guy last year than he is the guy this year. So, um, Honestly, I probably would not go lower than Joe Flacco at 5,400 in a GPP. Yeah, I mean, Joe Flacco's an interesting option now that you bring him up. He's facing a terrible Saints secondary, but it just he just hasn't shown this season that he could put up like a 30, 35-point game, which is necessary to win a GPP, you know? Like his highest 
it's almost necessary for cash. Like yeah. if you look at last year, the cash you know lines were so consolidated around Winston and Matt Ryan, and both of them yeah. put up thirty. So like even if you're getting a, a like a fifteen point game out of a low price quarterback, could have done it in years past, but not anymore. Like you just need to be having higher raw point totals. So I don't think there's any benefit in in paying down five hundred when you could just pay up for Cam or. Carson Wentz or Tom Brady, who's at 6.1K. I know that you like Brady this week, Joey. Yeah, Brady is definitely my number one quarterback for GPP. Um, He's sitting at that price range where, you know, he's between guys like Luck, Winston, Cousins, but there's some guys under him, such as Wentz, Mayfield, Cam Newton, who we mentioned before, that I feel like people would rather go to those guys above him and below him. And like I was telling you guys uh, off the pod, He's in the same spot that Aaron Rodgers was in two weeks ago, where Aaron Rodgers was in that weird price range. Uh, he was in a decent matchup against the Lions, but you know nothing too serious, and he won GPPs that week. So I feel like Tom Brady is definitely my number one GPP quarterback, uh, not just because I'm a Patriots fan. No, it's definitely Did we got Nah, 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 nah. No bias over this way, man. I, I try to keep bias out of everything. So wait, do you do you have those numbers in front of you that you were you were hitting the group chat with about about his uh his history with Chicago? Um, I don't have them up currently, but all I gotta say is is that he's snapped against the Bears in his career. The last time he played the Bears, he threw five touchdowns, and I'm pretty sure he threw over 500 yards. All right, so that's the kind of quality information that is really good to incorporate into your decision making. <laughs> he's only played them three um, times in so, his career. I will say that, and he yeah. and I know he's had a three touchdown game, a five touchdown game, and I believe a two touchdown game. Is there anybody else that we need to mention here? I mean, Jameis Winston came back, you know, on fire last week. He's against Cleveland this week at home, six point three k. That's I, kind of intriguing. We're, we're disregarding the goat. Who? Who? Blake yeah, Bortles. Blake Bortles, oh the goat. <laughs> That's kind of where I thought you were going. 5,200 at home against the Texans. He's averaging 21 yeah. points uh, fantasy-wise. You know, had a terrible game against mm-hmm. the Cowboys, so people are going to have that recency bias. Like, oh, this guy's trash. Yep. I mean, even though he is trash, but great fantasy quarterback Blake Bortles is. And, you know. Yeah, that's totally factual. So let me revise my answer. I, I would go below Flacco to go to Bortles in GPP. 5,200? I got some kind interest of attractive, there. you know. I mean, there's actually a ton of good quarterbacks. Like Breeze is five point seven. I mean, it is on the road against Baltimore, so maybe and outside. just matchup based. You know, that might be tough. I, I like Stafford against Miami uh, at five point eight, and Jared touched on it briefly. But Kirk Cousins, I think, is just an amazing GPP play. I would definitely not go there in cash, though. I mean, if you look at Cousins so far with the Vikings, he's been completely boomer bust. Um, he's got three games under 20 points, but he also has two games over 35. So that kind of variance, I'm totally comfortable embracing in GPPs. I would not go there in cash just because, you know, he is higher priced, second highest uh, priced quarterback on the slate at 6.4. But I mean, in GPPs, stack him up with Thielen and Diggs, who are both in a great matchup this week and, and you know, just sail to the money with Cousins this week. Or would you go right above him to Goff? and potentially the best match upon the board? I, I personally wouldn't because I'm scared of Jared Goff just because 
when he gets inside the 10 yard line, I think he might have one of the lowest percentages like to score out of any quarterback as good as that offense is because it's all going to Gurley. Yeah. So, you know, anytime they get in the red zone, I'm, I'm worried about Goff just getting completely vultured by, you know, the best running back in the league. So I, I can't do that. Can't do that with Goff this week. I, I mean, I agree. I think not to mention he's down Cooper cup, his top red zone option. So that's even more reason that, that Gurley is going to be taking those red zone that, opportunities. That is true. Uh, Josh Reynolds is getting a lot of hype. Yeah, he is. I mean, do you guys have anyone else you want to talk to, or we could go straight to receiver here? I'm good. We, I think we covered just about all the quarterbacks. So, I mean, let's talk about Reynolds since you brought him up. He's getting quite a bit of buzz. Uh, so, Reynolds, Josh Reynolds is at 3.5K, I want to say. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, 3.5K. He was limited in practice Wednesday, so keep an eye on that. But, I mean, he's expected to play. Should absorb a ton of snaps with Cooper Cup missing. But the player I'm interested in is Robert Woods at 7K. So, I mean, Woods' early ownership projections has him as, like, the third highest owned wide receiver. So this isn't going to be a sneaky play, but I think it might be a must play because – I mean, Woods has been really, really solid this year. He's gone over 100 yards in three of his last four games. And, you know, in the last two weeks where Cup has been missing time due to his injuries, Woods has been kicked into the slot, like, for just about half of his snaps. So, um, you know, I just think he's going to be super consistent. He is kind of pricey at 7K, but he should absorb those targets, should get, you know, 10-plus targets you would expect. And, yeah, I mean, I love Robert Woods this week. I definitely like Robert Woods as well. Um, and just talking about Josh Reynolds, I think you guys think he could be chalk. I think he could he be, plays? and I think he should be chalk that you avoid, honestly, because I think people will go for him because of his low price, and that just to me is like the wrong move. Like I feel like Woods has such a high, you know, floor, and he obviously has a ceiling. He's had blow up games several times with the Rams, and like, what is Josh Reynolds' ceiling? Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, can he even score, like, 20 points? I, I doubt it. So, I mean, I, I'm not going there, personally. I, I hope a yeah, lot of I hope do everyone this. does. <laughs> what about uh, what about Cooks? I mean, you guys got interest there? I definitely do. I mean, he's coming off of his worst game of the season, but his upside is always there. Um, It depends to me, honestly. Um, do they play – have they been playing him in the slot this year, or is he just strictly outside? No, nah, not really. He's pretty much just, like, outside, kind of in, like, that Sammy Watkins role from last year. I don't know. I feel like we got to pick one of them. I don't think both of them will snap. I th- I'd rather have Woods over Cooks. Yeah, same. You're just going to have to make the decision in tournaments because I think the ownership will be much, much heavier in Woods' favor. But, G- but GPP-wise, so. I like Cooks because he could easily score, like, two 60-yard touchdowns in a second. Seriously, like, at any time. So, I like that. I would fade both of them and go up to Diggs. Yeah, me too. Er, I don't know. I don't know. I'd rather I'd rather have Woods than Diggs probably. I mean, I would play Diggs and GPP. I, I like both. Thielen is my number one cash receiver. So just a little quick insight into my cash lineup. It's definitely going to have Thielen and Gurley, 100%. Yeah. Thielen has the best possible matchup on the board. Um, Thielen, if I'm – not mistaken, plays in the slot, right? Yes. I mean, he does both, yeah. but he is in the slot quite a bit. So, yeah. the Jets are giving up, I think, somewhere around 700 yards to slot receivers this season. And Thielen is 
the best receiver in the NFL right now. Do you think um, it's a stretch to say Thielen goes almost 200 yards? I could see, I could see around 120, 125 in a touchdown, uh, 10, 10 catches, somewhere around there. The Jets' defense is tougher than than uh, what people make it out to be, and they're at home, so I think the Vikings are going to throw more this week. Um, well, Buster Screen he is so you know, missed last week. He yeah. might miss this week. I know, but, I mean, it's still better if he's out and, yeah. and they've got a backup out there. And Trumaine Johnson also is still missing practice as of Wednesday night. So, I mean, if they're down both of those guys, I feel like you couldn't go wrong with either yeah. Vikings receiver. I think both. this could be a, a Kirk, Thielen, Diggs week. I mean, it's expensive, but they should they should eat against the Jets, honestly. I, I just love Thielen this week, and I love Diggs as well. But Thielen and Cash, Diggs and GPP for me, those are my top two plays, honestly, that I'm going to try and fit in everywhere. Yeah, I think it's kind of tough to fit in Thielen if you are also playing Robert Woods and Cash. So, so that's just something to think about. Um, I originally had Thielen in there, but once I really realized how good of a play Woods was, it was tough to fit them both. But it is pretty reasonable to fit both of them and Gurley in there if you play Diggs and Woods. So, I mean, you just have to think of how much of a downgrade is Thielen to Diggs. Thielen is 8.6 and Diggs is 7.2. So, I mean, you know, it's a 1.4 difference. So, I mean, it's considerable. So that means you just got to find value cheaper for cheaper wide receivers. So, you know, look no further than 5,700 John Brown against the Saints. At home. Ooh. You're kind of talking about, like, my addiction here, which is playing John Brown, (laughs) even though I know he's going to bust every single week. But it's just, like, everything about him is, like, a great play to me every single week. I think you're going to have a shot to get him at super low ownership after last week he only had three targets. So people are going to look at that and not realize how much better the matchup is. They're at home this time, coming off of three road games in a row with the Ravens. So... You know, I think John Brown might be in for, like, a welcome home party uh, in, in this matchup. I like Crabtree more. Yeah. I mean, in cash games, I think the play is Willie Sneed, honestly. If, if, you look at, if you look at his numbers over, like, recently, he's had at least seven targets and five catches in each of the last three weeks. And last week he had ten targets for seven catches. I mean, he's going against the Saints defense, which is obviously bad, like we've talked about. But, I mean, their slot corner, Patrick Robinson, has been sent to IR. So, Sneed plays out of the slot. Just as, like, a floor play at 4K, you know, Sneed, Sneed should be decent. He hasn't put up less than double-digit points got in any the, of the last You've got the number weeks. one thing when it comes to fantasy is the narrative. He's going up against his former team. That's true. That's true. I, I wasn't even Narratives thinking about that. Narratives over everything. There's always something, you know. It's going up against his former team. He's yeah. going to want to show out, be like, all right, you guys got rid of me. You guys ain't signed me. I'm coming out to ball. I definitely like Sneed for cash and, and, and Brown or Crabtree and GPPs. I think you'd have to pick one, though, to take a stand. Um, speaking of that Saints game, though, I have, I have a feeling that in one of these GPP winning lineups, because we obviously know the strategy is to find the – you know, sub 4K wide receiver who's going to score over 20 points, get like a 30-point game out of someone super cheap. I think Traquan Smith has that opportunity this week. 
So, I mean, Smith is a talented player. He was a third-round pick for the Saints. You know, if you were playing preseason DFS like a degenerate, like the three of us were, I mean, we were all aware of Troy Kwan early. I know we were, like, talking about him on our first podcast episode in August, but um, he finally saw it in the NFL last week for the first time. Only three targets, but he, I mean, he turned that into two touchdowns, 111 yards, and... You know, when you look at the Saints wide receivers outside of Michael Thomas, we have Ted Ginn, who's old and washed, and we have uh, Cam Meredith, who's constantly injured. So I think Traquan Smith has opportunity to build on his game that he had uh, two weeks ago uh, before their bye. And and I'm, I'm looking to go in on Traquan Smith and some GPPs. What do you guys think about, about that? I play? love Traquan Smith. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I mentioned, I mentioned him the other day to you guys, I thought. Maybe I think I mentioned him and Snead. Um, I like I like yeah. both of them for uh I like Snead for cash and I like I like uh Traquan for GPP, but I don't know with the breeze being so bad outside. I mean, there's that, but that's also good for GPP because nobody's gonna pick any Saints, not even Kamara. I don't think any Saints go high owned honestly. No, and and we can talk about that in running back. I think that'll be an interesting decision if you want to go back to Kamara at low ownership for the first time this year. If you want but, um, the, the sub-4,000 receiver that's going to win GBPs, it's going to be my son, Damian Ratley. All right. Damian okay. Ratley, Cleveland Browns, wide receiver number 18. He had six catches for 82 yards last week on eight targets. It's looking like him and Baker have more chemistry than than Baker and Antonio Callaway. 3,600? Higgins. Is Higgins back? I mean, Higgins might be back. I mean, he he missed practice Wednesday, so I'm not sure yet. If he misses, I mean, maybe. Maybe, honestly. I don't know. I, I, would, think about that. I would be more inclined to play Bradley over, over Traquan Smith, honestly, personally. Got more targets. In a sure. better matchup. But, I mean, yeah. The Browns should be passing a lot. It should be a high-scoring game. Peaking my interest a little bit. I, I like where your head is at there. Um, do we think that Cole Beasley at 3.9 has any repeatability from last week? Or No. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, 11 targets, 9 receptions for over 100 yards. That's definitely uh, an anomaly for Beasley. Two touchdowns. That's a fade for me going it's against Washington on the road. But I think one game that will have like a potential to have a bunch of high scoring players is the Patriots Bears game. You got Taylor Gabriel at forty seven hundred. I feel like he's in consideration for cash. Josh Gordon is fifty six hundred. He fade. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Julian Edelman, sixty six hundred. Um Allen Robinson is sixty one hundred. Any of those guys, honestly, you could play, and one of them will will produce. Honestly, I think I like Taylor Gabriel a lot this week, just because Gilmore should shadow a Rob, so that would leave Jason McCourty and Eric Rowe to cover Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller. Jason McCourty has been playing well, but he got cooked against the Chiefs. Uh, they show that they couldn't guard Tyreek Hill at all. And Eric Rowe's a bum. He's a scrub. I mean, who really can guard Tyreek Hill? Same for being honest. Yeah, seriously? Yeah. Like, nobody? So, yeah, the Bears got two kind of, like, two players that are kind of similar. You know, they're obviously not as talented, but Taylor Gabriel and Cohen are kind of, like, mini versions of Tyreek Hill, I would say. So, Taylor Gabriel mm-hmm. is 
is probably a lock for me in cash. Hurts me to say that, but. Yeah, I mean, I probably won't go there just because of, like, I value targets so highly. And, I mean, it's possible, though. I could see it. But, like, you know, five targets last week. He has another game with, like, five targets. I don't know. That's tough for me in cash. What about Chris Godwin, who saw his price go up only uh, 200 after last week? First game back with Jameis, he had six catches on nine targets. Um, he's 4.6 this week against Cleveland. They're not really great against wide receivers. Do you have any interest in going back to Godwin? Because uh, Jameis and Deshaun Jackson don't hook up at all. Like, mm-hmm. they're completely inconsistent. And Denzel Ward is probably going to be shadowing Mike Evans. Yeah, so, that's a concern. Uh, I'll take Godwin. I like Godwin. Let's add an O to Godwin and talk about Goodwin uh, right below him at 4.6K. Right. Um, <laughs> no, but um, honestly, like San Francisco is probably, like we said, they're going to have to pass a ton to keep up with the Rams. And Goodwin is honestly like the only good receiver on that team. I'm not worried about, you know, Pettis or, or Garcon at this point. But, I mean, I think – Goodwin ran insanely hot last week, obviously getting two touchdowns on four catches for over 126 yards. Like, you know, that's probably the only time that's going to happen this year, and he'll get over 30 points. But, like, again, it's not a terrible matchup against against the Rams. Okay, let me just say one thing. Chamon Williams is so bad, yo. Marquise Goodwin cooked him on the sideline. That should have never been – sh- I don't even want to talk about it. Never mind. <laughs> I'd, I'd say, like, a lot of people probably don't even know who that is. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Tremont Williams is so bad, dog. Oh, uh, at God, least the Packers dude. won. I mean, that's a plus. Right. I know. We were talking about Mike McCarthy getting fired in, like, halftime. The GOAT Which led them back to victory. Eh, I, don't, I don't think Tom Brady plays for the Packers. But anyways, let's talk about a wide receiver slash player who is relevant this week. And that would be, I mean, Devin Funches, who I'm not really ever about. I know that's kind of your boy, Jared, but I mean, he sets up to be in a pretty great matchup this week. Uh, The Eagles are allowing the fifth most yards per game to receiver. Funches has had 20% of his team targets over the last four games. Um, You know, I mean, maybe that declines a little bit with Olsen getting more involved again, but... I mean, just we know, you know, week after week, the way you attack this Philly defense is through the air. You attack their weak corners. And as much as I love Cam Newton, I feel like I'm going to have to have some exposure to Funches this week. I love Funches. I mean, he's only 5.3. Like, he's kind of in that price yeah, range where he's going to get completely, you know, overlooked. That Philly defense has not been good. The secondary, at least. Um, I like him a lot. I think he scores a touchdown this week. I might look that way in cash if I can get myself to play Cam, which I might. Yeah, I'll probably pair him with Cam. Love Alshon in that same game for GPPs. Probably wouldn't go there in cash, but, I mean, Alshon has been getting just a ton of work. Already two games over 25 points in his three games this season. So showing a renewed connection with Wentz. What do you think about that, Joey? Alshon or Funch? I would be more inclined to play Funches just because I think he has a little bit of a better matchup and you get that pairing with Cam and him, so you get that little nice Panthers mini stack, so I think I would be more inclined to play Funches, even though I'm not really high on him as a player. But I think for a thousand less, yeah, you get that you get the stack as well. Can't go wrong. But 
you know, Alshon is 63. Are we overlooking the Lions' number one wide receiver? Mr. Kenneth Galladay the first at at 6K? At 6,000. All right, so Kenny Galladay kind of ran, obviously. I think we talked about it, but it was two weeks ago. Like, he ran really cold, not getting those two touchdowns, having one taken away by penalty and the other uh, vultured by Blunt when he was, like, tackled at the one. So he's been just short of a massive game a couple times. He's been pretty consistent if you look at his game log, but, I mean, the targets aren't always there. I would be more inclined to play Golden Tate in cash, who's just getting a ton of targets in the slot this year, and play Galladay in, you know, GPPs. I have a hunch that Xavier Howard's going to be shadowing Galladay, so that might give me some pause. You know, if that comes out to be confirmed before the games, I'd be a little hesitant to play him. But doesn't Galladay, doesn't he travel all over? I don't think Howard travels. I think he sticks to one side. Does he? Well, if he does, then he'll probably see equal time with uh, Marvin Jones as he does yeah. with Galladay. And and Marvin Jones, again, super cheap. He is leading the Lions receivers in red zone targets, so you have to always consider the opportunity. He's just been sort of like, I don't know, he's just been like off with Stafford this week. So 4.9, you're getting a discounted price. Be interested in Marvin and, and GPPs, but like honestly, I probably won't play any of the Lions in in cash but i mean all of them have the opportunity in gpps that's why it's so tough with them i could see it i could definitely uh see that playing the lines are better for gpps and not cash the only other one i want to bring up is jarvis landry at at 7.3 we've seen him and baker mayfield fail to really get it going together um besides that touchdown uh in in baker's game with the jets uh when he first came in but I mean, last week, two catches on nine targets. Uh, A week ago, five catches on ten targets. So they're just not on the same page. But, I mean, we know Landry's a great player, and he's going against just a horrible Bucks defense. Landry's definitely in consideration. I love Landry this week. It's just... Do you think people will be off him? That's really what will swing it for me. Because, I mean, if people are off of him, I will be going heavy. If he's super popular, I'll probably just stick with him joking. It's like... He's getting targets, right? But like, since yeah, Mayfield I mean, took over, a ton of targets. He's he's like catching less than fifty percent of his targets. That's concerning, you know. And it's not like and it's not like he's a deep threat. Mm-hmm. So, like, I I like he has a four, but for seventy three hundred, I would honestly rather just play Diggs, who I know is gonna is gonna give me. A guaranteed amount of points you know and one thing i wanted to bring up about digs i know we talked about him a little but i didn't really talk about the stats i had on him so this is kind of weird and probably not that predictive but if you look at his home and away splits from this year so in his home games he's had three catches four catches and three catches and in his away games he's had nine catches 11 catches and 10 catches so i mean that's pretty drastic like that's super drastic um but, I mean, if you look a little bit deeper, he faced much tougher corners in the games away, including Tredavious White and Pat P. So um, I think that's probably more, you know, more of the reason than them being home or away. But, I mean, he is away and facing horrible uh, corners like we talked about earlier. So, yeah, Diggs, Smash Play, Landry, you know, his price went up. He was 6.6 last week. Now he's 7.3 after only getting two catches. Well, so, like, 
I think yeah. that'll make him low owned. Just the, just the yeah. price increase and the recent you know recency bias. So I could see going to Landry and so GPPs. Just um, talking about the Vikings Jets game real quick. What do you guys think about Jermaine Curse? The Vikings forty one hundred. Yeah, the Vikings have a bottom ten pass defense. He had 10 targets last week once Quincy and Nunwa yeah, got, you Quincy. know, hurt and exited the game. He kind of became Darnold's go-to. Yeah, Quincy and Nunwa is out this week. And so that means Curse will be playing in the slot. The Vikings, just like the Jets, are also bad against slot receivers. Um, the Vikings are giving up 292 passing yards per game. And they rank 24th in points per game allowed on DraftKings. Curse is in a great... Not to mention, Robbie Anderson, Quincy Inunua, and Terrell Pryor all missed practice on Wednesday. I mean, if he's the last man standing for that Jets receiving core, I mean, you'll have to play him in cash for sure and have some GPP consideration. But, I mean, I'd also be worried if none of those guys play because then it'd be like the Vikings are just completely focusing on Curse. And, by the way, Curse is not sneaky. Everybody is on him yeah, in, in yeah. terms of, like, ownership projections. So, like, I was kind of hoping he'd be sneaky at 4.1K. Um, oh, yeah. It, that is not the yeah, case. Yeah, he definitely will not be a sneaky play. We good to move on to running back here? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. All right. So, what are you guys thinking in terms of cash games you know just like a general thought we were talking about it before the pod i mean running back is pretty ugly this week like a lot of the times you're trying to be like okay there's a ton of great running backs on the slate like which ones do i play because you have to decide who to fade but i mean this week it's like yep todd Gurley, lock it in 9.8k and other than that it's like what am i gonna do um are you guys both completely locked in on todd Gurley this week yes unfortunately I mean, you kind of have, have to. to. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, um, I love Todd Gurley. Down two hundred. He's yeah, in a- down two hundred from his ten k salary, so people won't have to have that ten k conversation again. Thanks. He's in a great matchup. Great matchup against the Niners. Um, he gets elite red zone usage. He scores the most one yard touchdowns that I've ever seen out of any player. Um, already has eleven total touchdowns on the year, I believe. You can never go. He's going for twenty touchdowns. This yeah, you year, can right? never go wrong with playing him. His floor this year is twenty five points. He hasn't scored under twenty five points in a single game this season. Just let that sink in. You gotta lock him in, and I think there's enough room to do so in cash this week. So I mean, it's it's an obvious projection. I mean, I'm anticipating his ownership to be just insane, though. Yeah. Like. He is going to be, like, the Julio of this week. I would be surprised if he doesn't touch, like, 40% or, or maybe, like, even a little bit more. He has to be, though. The running backs are just so weak this week. Honestly, like, I mean, you could target Zeke, McCaffrey. They're always good plays. Kamara's 8,500 in a bad matchup. He has actually probably the worst matchup out of any running back on the slate. Um their matchups are middle of the road. Gurley by far has the best matchup on the board. It's obviously never like a good choice to just look at the opponent rank on DraftKings. Like yeah. where with next to Kamara, it says first, like you should always look deeper at the stats than that, because that's just basically points totaled from the position. It doesn't go deeper. But I mean, when you look deeper at this Ravens defense, it's like even worse for Kamara. Like they're allowing the fewest receiving yards to running backs. Um, you know, Kamara's obviously splitting with Ingram, who's back now. It's like, it's not a good play, but it's also like 
kind of a good play if you just throw away like the numbers and just count yeah. on okay He's, anything can happen yeah. in football alvin kamara's probably like borderline the most explosive player top five most explosive players in the nfl like 8.5k you're gonna get him at low ownership for the first time this year he won't be chalk and i mean i don't know we like you know flacco and these receivers right so like you know why not a, a flacco to john brown bring it back with kamara stack you know crazier things have happened brock osweiler's won people a million dollars so like if brock That's osweiler can do it kamara can do it let's be real for sure it's just <clears throat> the matchup is so bad the ravens are only allowing 66 rushing yards per game. But now that Mark Ingram's back, he's not going to get uh, the majority of carries. Like you mentioned, the Ravens are basically giving up the least amount of receiving yards to running backs uh, in the NFL. They're giving up 18 receiving yards to running backs this year on three and a half catches. <clears throat> that ranks first. That's what the DraftKings ranking is. It's just all around a bad matchup, but like you said anything could happen it's football you see it every every single week um mm-hmm. i think he's definitely a gpp play 100 percent. you don't play him in cash you just go up to Gurley. yeah for sure so the question is like all right, all right we got Gurley in one of our slots i mean is this a week that we're playing four wide receivers in cash or i mean are there enough yeah. cash running backs out there for you guys to consider three i mean who else are we considering for cash games other than Gurley? <laughs> I mean, the cash line that I have on my screen right now has four wide receivers. So I think that's I think that's a move this week. Um my second running back that I have is Tariq Cohen. You know, I was talking about him a little bit before. He's very explosive. Uh Patriots have trouble with players like that. And he's been more involved in the Bears offense over the past couple of weeks. So you can't go wrong with playing him for fifty one hundred, especially against the a uh, middle of the road. Patriots defense who really don't have any coverage linebackers so if Nagy you know schemes that for the game around trying to get Cohen matched up on like Hightower or Landon Roberts or Kyle Van Noy it's just gonna be eat city for him yeah and and over the last two weeks especially him and Howard Jordan Howard on the Bears have basically completely evened out to nearly a a 50-50 split like and all of the receiving work is going to Cohen, which makes him the more valuable of the two for DFS purposes especially. And over the last two weeks, we saw New England give up 5 for 105 to Kareem Hunt. Yeah. They gave up 7 to 45 for, uh, to Naheem Hines through the passing game. So it's like Cohen is definitely, I think, the number two option behind Gurley in terms of cash games. Um, what are your thoughts about that one, Jared? I'm, the, I'm 100% playing Gurley and Cohen. Gurley, yeah, Cohen, and Thielen. Are like my 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 complete locks already. Um, yeah, his price is so low. It's forty nine hundred. You said right? Uh, five point one. Five point one. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's still low. Um, yeah, it's just so low for his uses that they're actually giving him now. I don't know how you could go anywhere else. It seems like a misprice, especially if you take like game script into account. I mean. There's not really a high chance, I think, that the Bears aren't passing in this game. Or at least, you know, just trying to keep up and score a lot of points. So you would have to think that Cohen is going to be just in a in a positive game script for him. So I mean everything about it makes sense. He is their most I he's their most explosive player. So if they're behind, he needs to get the ball. 
Because what yeah. he could what he could do in the passing game is crazy. And like like you guys are saying, the Patriots have been giving up a lot to running backs receiving wise. Kareem Hunt just torched them. Six six most receiving yards in the league to receiving uh receiving yards to running backs. So yeah, you know, Colin Colin's a, a great matchup. Lock. Um, another good matchup uh is the Dolphins run defense. So I've got some interest in Carryon Johnson um at four point five k. He's been getting a lot of touches, but has been getting vultured in the passing game by Riddick and at the goal line by Blunt. However, Theo Riddick has missed practice on Wednesday. It's not, you know, known yet whether or not he's going to miss the game. But if he misses the game, I think carry on is a great play. I mean, he's been super, you know, kind of like we talk about in the NFC North, like Cohen having to split with a lesser back in Howard at this point. Like Aaron Jones is not getting the playing time he deserves and carry on Johnson isn't getting the playing time he deserves in this Lions offense. So, I mean, my hope as a fan is that, you know, they have fixed this in the bye week and that Carrion will come out and get 20 touches. And if Theo Riddick misses, I mean, he's shown to be a good pass catcher too. So I think at 4.5K, you would have to play him uh, in all formats if Riddick misses. Otherwise, I still think he's a good GPP option, just not cash. Yeah, I love I love Carrion Johnson this week if Theo Riddick misses. Uh, you definitely convinced me on him, um, especially for his price, 4500 if he gets the pass game work, <clears throat> he's a great cash play. And I would also look on the other side to the Dolphins running backs. Yes, I know. We've talked about Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore. Bus. <laughs> and I want to say bus is just the Dolphins. Fantasy bust. The Dolphins just love Frank Gore, and, you know, he's been producing. So can't go wrong, but Frank Gore is – 3,800. Kenyon Drake is 4,900. The Lions are the third worst defense in terms of rushing. Actually, the second worst, excuse me. They're giving up 142 yards per game to running backs, right? So you could definitely play one of those guys. It's just they split work, so it's like, eh, you know, like, shouldn't play him because you don't want to target timeshares but I think Kenyon Drake has the possibility to have a big game I, I totally agree and I mean the thing with Kenyon Drake and obviously I'm not a Kenyon Drake fan honestly like if you look at his workload he he could definitely do it he could definitely do it this week I mean two weeks ago he had 11 targets right and he's at 4.9 so if he can get a semblance of that this week I mean you'd have to like him and, and in last week, he had six targets and 13 carries. So, like, if he's getting 19 touches in a given week, like, I mean, that's totally enough to go off against a bad bad run defense, like you said, in the Lions. And they're not really good at covering uh, receiving backs either, which Drake has shown to be proficient at that. So, GPPs, I love yeah, I it. I think Kenyon Drake is going to be in my GPP lineup for sure i think that game is gonna score highly it's just a matter of picking the right players um in gpps because both of those offenses are so like spread out in terms of like distribution so you're just gonna have to that makes it like complicated but i mean it could if you make the right decisions are we are we disregarding carlos hyde right now i think i think we are a little bit 4,700. I don't know. They've been giving, they said they want to give Chubb a lot more carries, and Duke Johnson has been on the field a lot. So, is Carlos Hyde a fade? Yeah, for me. Well, I just, you can't play him in cash just because of how much his work is being split. But I mean, GPPs, you know, 
it's another good matchup. Like the Bucks are bad every everywhere on their defense. There's nothing they're good at. So like, mm-hmm. it's it's possible if you if you think that you know Cleveland could potentially like run away with this game. But I mean, they're underdogs on the road. Like, well, that's not really a spot I would want to target. If there's one like strength to the Buccaneers' defense, it is their run defense. They have a top four run defense. Top four in run terms defense? of rushing yards allowed. They've only allowed sixty six rushing yards to running backs this season. They give up a bunch of passing work, which kind of inflates their, mm-hmm. you know, their actual rank, right. you know, because yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they sure. account receiving yards and receptions allowed to running backs when ranking defenses. But just in terms of rushing, they're, they've been pretty elite at stopping running backs, but they can't stop running backs out of the backfield. So I mean, I would be more interested, honestly, in that same game you know, Peyton Barber at 3.8K, he's home. He had 20 points last week. I mean, a lot of that came against, you know, the Falcons' run defense, which we know is just a, a plug-and-play spot to attack. But, I mean, he had he had 13 carries for 82 yards. He was averaging 6.3 yards per carry on the ground. He also had four uh, catches on four targets. So, like, he was doing it. And mysteriously, Ronald Jones is priced ahead of him. So it's like, I, I mean, I don't know what's up with that pricing. Like, that's just bizarre, but... I mean, Peyton Barber, I think, you know, just because of his price has some appeal. Peyton Barber for 3800 Hmm. That could be in play. <laughs> I mean, it could. Could be in play it for could. cash. If you, if you really need to pay down, the Browns are giving up 122 rushing yards per game. They're also giving up over five catches to running backs per game. They gave up three touchdowns, right, to, to Gordon last week? Yeah. Or was it two? It was three. three. Yeah, so to the goal. I mean, if you really need to pay down this week, if you want to go girly and then pay down to to Peyton Barber, you know that could be the move. Honestly, I like could. it. And the only other thing that I really need to mention at running back uh, before we can move on, or unless you guys have anything else, but uh, I think Wendell Smallwood is a little bit interesting, just because of you know the carries he's been getting since Ajayi uh, is now out for the season with the Eagles. I mean, we saw Smallwood just sort of hop into that role last week, and he got 18 carries. So um, only one catch. He's going to be seeding most of the passing game work to Corey Clement in that in that offense. But, I mean, you're getting nearly 20 carries at 4.1. It's not a great matchup, but the strength of the Panthers' run defense, is, it's not that great this year, honestly. They're, they're – uh, not super proficient stopping the run. So, I mean, I'd have some interest in Smallwood, but just because of the lack of receiving usage, I would probably not go there. would rather just pay down to Barber. I completely agree. Any interest in Clement? No. Nah, yeah. he's not on the field enough for me. He doesn't get the rushing attempts enough, I feel like. And there's too many weapons in that offense, honestly. You already yeah. got Zach Ertz, Alshon, Aguilar... Well, that's a good segue to talk about tight ends and Zach Ertz. Um, play him in GPPs this week. He's so expensive. Absolutely. He's so expensive. Like we've said before, you said it on Twitter if you follow us, you pay up for tight ends mm-hmm. and GPPs. This is a spot where you pay up for Zach yeah. Ertz, 7100 Definitely. I mean, you might not be able to fit Ertz and Gurley in a GPP lineup, but... Well, you could go if you go down from Gurley to like McCaffrey yeah. in the same game. 
Yeah. Then you can yeah, afford that. I love that. But or just play two of the two of the cheap guys. Run it back with you know Cam Funches. Put Ertz in there. But well, you could just run double tight end. I've seen a lot of people do that. That that cash high in GPPs. Yeah, you could run a Zach Ertz and Gronk double tight end stack. <laughs> and I mean that's always a way to get super unique because people just don't do that. Like it's just like not a thing that crosses people's minds. So it's like it can be done. Double tight end. I'd go Zach Ertz and Injoku. I mean, honestly, I barely looked at tight end this week because, I mean, once I saw Njoku was just disgustingly underpriced at 4.2K <laughs> considering his recent workload, like, I just basically locked him yeah. in. And it's like, I'm, I'm, the thing is, is, again, like we talked about, Curse isn't sneaky. Like, Njoku's not sneaky. He was pretty sneaky last week, but not anymore. And, I mean, even though his touchdown came in garbage time, which definitely salvaged his day, uh, I mean, he still had over 10 targets for the second straight week. Him and Mayfield have a clear connection, 11 targets in week five, 12 targets last week, and he's finally getting some red zone usage. Um, I, lo- I love Njoku. He's definitely my cash play, and, I mean, I probably won't get off of him in GPPs unless it's to play Ertz, and like Jared said, I might play both. Yeah. And, and not to mention, we didn't even talk about the matchup. Like, I mean, it seems like we're talking about this, you know, at every single position, but just like we said, the Bucks are just so, so bad, and that is also included in tight end. They're literally allowing the most receiving yards to tight end in the league. They're just horrible against tight end. They got ate up by uh, Hooper last week, right? And then who did they – I forget who their week five was. Oh, they were on by. But, I mean, they just can't stop tight ends to save their lives. Big facts. You know, you can't go wrong with Njoku unless – you know the Bucks fired Mike Smith. You know, maybe they maybe yeah. they just turn into a, an elite defense this week. Everybody plays them and they bust the Browns. That would That's, be crazy. That is very doubtful. <laughs> what about a uh, hundred more Trey Burton? Okay, so I I always like yeah, Trey Burton. I think Burton, Najoku, Gronk, and Ertz are definitely the top options at tight end this week. Everybody else, just throw them in the trash can this week, all right? Damn. I mean, Eric Ebron, we have to mention him. He's a scrub, but he's just getting a ton of usage. So, like, I just, I don't know. I mean, in, are you interested in Ebron at all? No, I'm only, going, I'm, I'm only going, like, two ways, and that's either in Joku, which I'm going in cash 100%, or I'm going Zacherts and GPP. That's really it. There's not really out- – much else, Ebron's way too expensive. Fifty four hundred, nah, I'm good. Totally maybe, agree. Maybe Jordan Reed at forty eight, but that's a little expensive. Coming off a disappointing week, but still had the targets, nine targets last week. Just didn't do much with it. Uh, Joey, what about your boy Kyle Rudolph? Three point nine. You can never go wrong with playing Kyle. Always has the <laughs> touchdown upside, Kyle. <laughs> His boy Kyle. <laughs> he hasn't. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Um. But he's uh, consistent. You know, he's not gonna put up an insane game, but he's gonna give you around five catches, four, five, six catches a game, like 40, 50 yards. It's pretty good for nine to ten points, especially at three point nine. I think that's all you. That's all you're asking for out of a person like that. And there's always potential for him to score a nice little touchdown in the red zone, but. 
I definitely would rather just go up to Njoku for 300 more. The one thing I will say is, uh, I mean, this would be dependent on some late news. Like, if all of those Jets receivers miss, you could go all the way down to 2.6 and play Chris Herndon, who we talked a bit a bit about in the preseason um, and, and got a touchdown last week against the Colts. Um, the Vikings are pretty bad against tight ends, and, I mean, Sam Darnold will have to go somewhere if, if all those receivers miss. So... I mean, 2.6K, like, you really wouldn't be looking for much out of him. But, I mean, if he got a touchdown, you'd be golden. So He's definitely in, in consideration for me. <laughs> yeah. Do a nice curse Herndon and uh, Sam Darnold stack in GPP, and then you could pay up everywhere else. Seriously. Because that's, mean, like, that's together, that's, like, under 10K. Or right at 10K. That sounds like a bunch of hot trash to me, though. So Yeah, it sounds like this week's GPP winner. Facts. <laughs> bunch of hot trash at 0.0% owned. I like it. For real. Um, speaking of hot trash, let's talk about the defensive slash special teams position on DraftKings, which is always trash. Um, I mean, honestly, I've been employing Joey's strategy. Just sort of, you know, close your eyes, scroll down, click something, and pray. So it's been working pretty well this season for me. Um, where, where are you guys focusing your interest on you, defense bro. this week? You just, if you're on a computer, <laughs> you just close your eyes for 20 seconds. Just scroll down back and forth so you know, you because you could kind of get a look as to see where people are or where the mm-hmm. defenses are. And you just you just pick one. And wherever your cursor lands, plug them in. Yeah. Unless it's at the top. I like it. Because you don't want to pay. You don't want to pay like an extreme salary for a defense i mean it was looking early in the week like it was going to be colts mega chalk week at 3.3k but still is, um, honestly you know it yeah it probably still is but i mean i also think that there's a ton of good options uh on the lower range I this think, week like speaking of that game i the, think the bills i like the ravens uh, yeah raven i like the bills in that same game i like the bills too yeah i mean I 2.3 like is like the 2.3 is the sweet spot for defense i feel like Bills, Browns, and Titans every week never switch up. I mean, Bills are getting a ton of pressure, and, you know, one of the few predictive stats in terms of defensive scoring is how much the opposing team drops back because, you know, quarterback dropbacks, you know, increase the chance of interception, increase the chance of sacks, like all the things that you're going to look for for a defense. So, I mean, we've got in the Colts, Andrew Luck passing the most out of any quarterback in the league, so... I mean, there's always that shot with with the Bills at 2.3, and obviously, once you you know are paying 2.3, like you need like seven eight points, and you're good uh, in terms of cash. So, I like that. And and you said the Ravens, Jared. Yeah, I like the Ravens. Uh, just because how bad Drew Brees is outside, and that pass rush right now is insane. At six, franchise record for them last week, eleven sacks. That's just nasty. Yeah, and that price point at twenty four hundred. Um, at home. Yeah. Like, god damn. Like. I mean, I think they they at least score seven, which is good. Good enough for for cash. See, I was on I was on the Lions a lot just because I mean I think that if anybody buys this Brock Osweiler hype, they're crazy. So I mean I think I think Lions have a shot, but I mean the thing is is at two point four k like. I would rather just pay for the Ravens because they're at home. They have a better pass rush. Like, I mean, I might switch up to the Lions and GPPs if the Ravens are popular, but like, I feel like Ravens might be the cash game move. Don't 
Don't talk crap about Brock Osweiler. Oh my God, this dude. Yeah, don't, don't. All right, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. What, is, that, is that your man or something? <laughs> that's my son. That's your boy. All right, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know. My bad. Um, how about the Bears in a plus matchup at home? Plus matchup. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I might be wilding. Put on. Might be. Listen, listen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just trolling Joey. But honestly, like, I feel like the Bears are viable in cash, like, not in cash, I'm sorry, in GPPs. Um, just because, like, they've been super dominant, super consistent. Last week was the first week that they tripped up and they were major chalk. Like, they had zero sacks last week, but literally in their first four games, they didn't have less than four sacks in a game. Yeah. So, like,. I mean, they might be able to disturb Brady, and I feel like you're going to be able to get them. They're at home this time. They're not on the road in, like, hot-ass Miami. They're going to be in some cold weather. Brady might struggle a bit on the road, you know. I mean, I think there's some things to like, and they're going to be super low-owned because they burned everybody last week. I mean, they definitely have potential to get sacks against Adrian Waddle. You know, Marcus Cannon stays hurt. Who's our who's the Patriots right right tackle? If you don't know, um, yeah, Waddle's a a scrub. Just to be completely honest, so there's <laughs> definitely a possibility that Cleo Mack gets to Brady a couple times. So, but I love the Patriots in this matchup, so I want to go there personally. Is there anybody else that you guys want to discuss here at defense? No. Defense is irrelevant. Okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the one other defense I want to shout out here is Jacksonville. They're at the top, 3.6K. And I'm going to shout out Johnny Kinsley on, on Twitter, who tweeted this uh, earlier. And he talked about uh, the quarterback hits allowed through week six so far in the NFL season. So the second most QB hits uh, is being allowed by the Browns at 4.9 or I'm sorry at 49 and the Falcons tied with them at 49 but Houston is leading the NFL right now with 70 quarterback hits allowed through six weeks Deshaun Watson is getting absolutely smacked around the Houston offensive line is just so bad they cannot protect this dude and the way he plays just doesn't help it either because he doesn't really stay in the pocket so like that provides a ton of opportunity for mistakes um I'm sure Watson will, you know, keep the Texans in this game because he is a great player. But, like, I think that there's some opportunity. And nobody ever pays up, really, for defense. So it's always contrarian. We know how good Jacksonville is. And just at the rate that Watson is getting, you know, hit, I, I have to think yeah. about Jacksonville in this GBP, matchup. GPP, definitely. I, actually, I think I might play the Jags now after that. Yeah, I mean, seriously, like, if you look at their stats, they're on a crazy, like, record-setting pace. Like, this is unheard of to see a quarterback get smacked around like this through six weeks. It's it's really a serious problem. Like, I worry about Watson making it through this year if, the, if they smacked don't figure like this out. Smacked around like a freaking ragdoll, dude. Seriously. It's like an understatement. But um, Wait, I just have a question. Just a quick question. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. there's some buzz going around the argument if defense matters. What's your guys' thoughts on that? Just quick. Like, does defense okay. matter? I think you're a complete scrub if you think the defense doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, it clearly matters. Like, literally, like, you're not 
That'd be like, you know, if defense didn't matter, the NFL would just be literally 11 men on the field playing catch. You know what I'm talking about? Like, literally, obviously, it's half the game. You're just, it's just, the people who think that are looking at things like variance and looking at, like, oh, okay, defense doesn't matter because, you know, if defense mattered, this player in a bad matchup wouldn't go off. Like, no, that's just natural variance. And NFL is such a, you know, crazy team sport with so many different factors going on, so many different people on the field. Like, it comes down to coaching. There's so much going on in the NFL. Like, yeah, things happen any given Sunday, right? But, like, yes, obviously defense matters. Um, otherwise, you know, why are we even talking about matchups all episode? You know what I mean? In every single sport, defense wins championships. It does yeah. matter. Straight up. You need defense. Defense is the biggest thing for your team to win a game. Straight up. If you have no defense. I always no think defense, about a couple years ago, the Broncos and the Seahawks, like when the Broncos were the most historic offense ever in NFL history, and the Seahawks had like the best defense, ever. you know, in recent the years. Best, and like then the best defense they ever. completely, seriously, and the Broncos completely collapsed. Like that was like the prime, like awesome argument that you can never say 43 defense doesn't matter. to 9 in the Super Bowl started off with a safe. <laughs> Oh yeah, snapped it over his head. I remember that. That was that was probably one of the worst Super Bowls I've ever watched, honestly, just because it was a blowout. And yeah, I think I think I agree that defense does matter. Um, I don't want to say you're stupid if you say it doesn't matter, because there's an argument for it. Um, it's more so in terms of DFS. If you should play a guy that has a bad matchup, people would like the main argument with defense doesn't matter is you play Camaro just because he's a great player even though he has probably the worst matchup on the board yeah so like here's the thing like okay what i would say is that sometimes maybe we you know we factor it in too much maybe that's what like um the point of that study that hermsmeyer did that sparked this whole conversation in the first place did like okay like yes maybe we value defense too much in our decision making but to say it doesn't matter okay like First of all, on Twitter, you know, shout out to him because he had the entire industry talking about this for like the last two weeks. So that's good marketing. And, you know, just like in a marketing note, like solid marketing, because literally everybody in the industry has been talking about this. But, you know, it's just like pretty stupid on the surface. I do see what he's saying, though. Like, yeah, we might we might count for it too much, but it definitely matters. And it matters the most in like the drastic categories. Like if you're the Bucks, it matters a ton because you're so bad. If you're, like, the Ravens' run defense, I also think it matters because you're so good. Like, maybe a lot of that middle gray area, we we count on it too much. Like, if you're sitting between, like, you know, 21 and, like, you know, 10 in the list of any given list, like, yeah, maybe it's all kind of the same and and we shouldn't put so much weight behind it. But, like, especially in the extreme conditions, it, it matters. It matters quite a bit. I completely agree. That was very well said. Um... And I, fast, I, think, I think we just needed to touch on that since that's been kind of a trending topic over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Even though we mm-hmm. do say just pick any random defense, we do factor <laughs> we or we think that defense does matter when picking position players such as running backs and wide receivers. Exactly. Um Let's move on to our last segment, though. Uh, some low-owned stacks that could potentially win you a tournament this week. Jared, how about you kick us off here? 
I'm gonna stick with the Browns, and I like Baker Mayfield, Njoku, and Duke Johnson. Interesting. Interesting. That is... What what's uh Duke Johnson's price? He's got to be pretty low down there on that list. Four thousand. Interesting. Yeah, you know I, I like that. I I wasn't really even considering Duke, but he's seen an an uptick in usage these past two weeks. A great stack, man. I hope you play and I hope you win a lot of money. Thank you. All right, how about you, uh, Joey? Well, Who do you like for a low on stack this week? Already discussed it previously. Just look no further than the real GOAT, Thomas Brady. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Tom Brady. Josh Gordon. Oh, my God. Robert Gronkowski, the best tight end in NFL history. Then you could run it back with Cohen, A-Rob, Gabriel, whoever you would like. I would not play. I would not suggest playing A Rob this week. Or Josh Gordon. <laughs> I do. I do like. Ga- I do like Gabriel though. Or the, okay, then you can run it back with Gabriel if you want. But play the Patriots, and you'll win a bunch of money this week. I'm telling you, that's just a intuition. I'm, a, you know, Patriots fan. I know when they're gonna snap. All right, been watching them for oh, okay. years. Okay. I know my boy. Okay. I know my boys. If you still listening, play them. All right, you play them with DraftKings. You're gonna well, win you know, a bunch of money. All right. I, I mean, I'll just say as a as an unbiased observer who was with Joey at the week three smashing of the Patriots in Detroit <laughs> live. Um, you know, you don't always know when they're gonna bust. But that's early season. You could, that you could predict that. That's oh, right, that's right. a trend I forgot, with the Patriots. I forgot that September doesn't matter for you know the Patriots, although it matters for every other team in the NFL. It's like the Patriots get September off in, in everybody's mind. I yeah. don't know what, what's the deal is with because that. Because they freaking suck in September for some reason. It's it's basically at this point they're going to go 2-2 two two in September. Okay. we They lost a game against the Lions. Bad game. You know, I was kind of hurt. But now it's October. They're getting their mindset, you know, in place. Everybody's coming back healthy. We got a full arsenal of weapons that Brady can use at his disposal. It's going to be all just straight wins from this week on. Bears, we got the Packers coming up. Easy win, all right? I'll say that right now. <laughs> <laughs> that terrible Packers team has to go into Foxborough and try and beat Brady. Yeah, all right. So play him, play him right. whenever. Okay. That's all I gotta say. Let's let's save the Patriots Packers heat till that week comes. And for me, I think the the low owned stack that I'm gonna be looking at. Well, it depends on the ownership on Cam Newton. I'll definitely be playing some Cam to McCaffrey to Funchess. Um, but I anticipate that might get a little bit higher owned. Uh, however, on the other side of the ball, I think Carson Wentz is a great play. Always goes under-owned. Um, he's been putting up pretty good numbers. He he had a slow week one from – or I'm sorry, it was his first week back. It was actually week three. But um, – since then, he's done nothing but put up over 24 points, and we know from last year he has that ceiling, so we're just waiting for him to hit it. I think this could be that week. I'm anticipating that game to be super high scoring, so I could see 
going, you know, Wentz, Alshon, Erds, bring it back with Funchess or McCaffrey. Either one would be fine. Maybe just go full on game stack, throw them all in there, find value elsewhere. But I mean, you know, Carson 6K, Alshon is, you know, only 6.3. You could play Funchess for relatively cheap at 5.3. I, I love stacking up that game in every which way. I, I like that game a lot too. And just a quick question. You guys get your choice at any quarterback under 25 years old. Who you picking? Oh, Jesus. Just say a name. Under 25 years old. I don't know. I mean, Mahomes, how can you not say Mahomes? Big right facts. Now? Like, just with what's going on in the NFL. Yeah, but, um, I guess. Mitch Trubisky, anybody? That boy, That's my that son, boy dude. Is trash. Honestly. That's my son, Hell yo. Yeah. Watch your mouth. Song. Yeah, I'm a Packers fan. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? I mean, if anything, that just shows how much of his son he really is. That he that he would, Jared, you know, call a bear his son. Jared might low key be a be a Bears fan. Yeah. A, a Bears <laughs> fan? Why is that? I've been, su- I've been suspecting <laughs> the same thing for some time. Why is that? <laughs> I mean, you love Cohen, you love Burton, you love Gabriel. I mean, Trubisky is your son, your flesh and blood. Jordan. Like, <laughs> you okay, Jordan in every yeah. fantasy league. All right, okay, okay, okay. Let's squash. Let's squash all this right now. I loved Trubisky coming out of UNC. I said he was the best quarterback in the draft. I'm sticking by that. Before he got drafted, I don't even like Taylor Gabriel. I think he was a good play this week. <laughs> <laughs> I've liked Trey Burton since he came out when he was with the Eagles, so there's that. Uh, when did I say Cohen was my son? I said he was a good play this week, too. And then, um, yeah, I liked Jordan Howard this season. So, and A-Rob never said he was my son. I just said he was a bad play like 10 minutes ago. So, f- the Bears. <laughs> Um, so basically what we've, it's, it's undecided um, (laughs) relationship with the bears at this point. So we'll do some more digging and report back next week. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's going to be it for us this week. You can follow us on Twitter at the DFS dose. Uh, and you can follow my personal Twitter at Ben Hover, B E N H A U V E R guys. Tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Carrion underscore, uh, follow me, please. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can find me at Jared underscore underscore Marcus. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, that's going to be it for us this week. You can catch us on Instagram Live this Sunday at noon Eastern. And, uh, you know, we hope you guys have a good week. Yep. Please go follow Joey. <laughs> I need Wait, more, I need more engagement. I need the <laughs> yeah.